So I have the honor and the privilege to bring the word this morning. Amen. Amen. And I want to thank our, my pastors, my beautiful pastors for believing in me. Um, I was on my way here and I was just like, man, God, what you've done in my life. Like sometimes we kind of forget where God took us from, you know, and, and as I was driving to church and, and I remember just last year around this time where I was spiritually and mentally and, and I'm like, only God can do that. Only God can do that. Only God can transform your life. Only God can change you. Only God can heal you, can deliver you. And I said, God, thank you. Because it is an honor, it is a privilege, Lord, that you believe in me. That you believe in me and that you trust my pastors, our leaders, to believe in me, to see what God sees in me. And some of us, we need to see ourselves the way God sees us. Not your past, not your sins, not what you did or what you've done, but what God says about you. It's so important. Because the moment you, you stop looking, you stop looking at him, you begin to, and I'm getting already ahead into my preaching, but you, get to, you, you begin to wander off and you forget who you are. You forget who God is in your life. And so before anything, I want to thank him. I want to thank my father in heaven who loves me so much and he loves you too. He loves you. And he wants to remind you where he has taken you from this morning. Because I know that this wasn't just for me, but it was for some of you here that this morning. Don't forget where he's taken you from. Don't forget where he has saved you from, where he has delivered you from, where he's healed you from. Because there's more. There is more for you. Amen? Amen. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Karina. And I am the youth leader of this church, of TDP Church. To my beautiful youth, I love them. And I think I get the honor and privilege to leader them. <laughs> I know that God has great things. God has, God has such a calling for them. And it's beautiful to see them say yes. It's beautiful to see their faces all around the church, literally. Serving in every, in every ministry, you see a youth. And I was like, man, thank you, God. Because I remember, you know, growing up, I, I, I've been in church since I was 12. My little, a little testimony of, my, of me. I've been in church since I was 12. But I remember I used to be like, man, I got to go to church today. Man, I got to go to church today. But it's like you see the youth here and they're like, I got to go to church. I got to go to church. I'm, some of them come in at seven, 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock for prayer. 7 o'clock for prayer in the morning on a Sunday when I know that they've gone to sleep like at 12 o'clock. But they're still here because they're hungry for God. They're hungry and they're thirsty. They want to see God. They want to see God. And I believe that we are going to see God. We are we already seeing the way he is moving in this place, just declaring that he is the God of revival, that he is a God that is alive. That we are his temple. Man, that song was so beautiful and so beautiful the way the Holy Spirit just moved within the worship. Can we, can we like thank the worship team for being spirit-led? For being spirit-led. For letting the Holy Spirit just move. Because it's more than just singing a song. It's more than just 
playing the piano or playing the drums, playing the bass, but it's worshiping God. It's saying, God, move through my voice. Move through the drums. Move through the piano, God. This is for you. This is for your glory. This is to worship my God. This is to worship my Father. And it's a beautiful thing to see how they are just so spirit-led. They're just led. They're moved by the Father. They're moved by his love. So we want to thank you for, for leading us into that, leading into such a beautiful presence. How many of you guys felt that? So beautiful. Amen. So I want to go ahead and um, if you guys can open your Bibles um, to John 10, and we're going to read verses 1 through 18. So lately we've been talking about um, God being a relatable God, God being an intentional God. God being a refining God, which that one was like, man, yes, God, you are refining us. You are refining us. And let me tell you, when he's refining you, it hurts. It hurts. You know, because God is, God is just removing. He's removing. He's removing. He's, he's taking the things that just don't belong to you. And he's putting the things that he has placed inside of you from the beginning. Amen. So as, as Sister Yvette was, was preaching, and I remember that Josh had told me that, she's, he's like, there's a pattern if you've seen. And I'm like, yes, I've, I've seen God. We're, we're seeing all the attributes of who God is. And so as, as she was talking about uh, refining God and, and how, you know, God refines us and God purifies to go to the original intent for what God he has created us to be. And, you know, in the refining, um, we have to learn to, to be guided to be guided by him, you know, because it's so important, especially in this time that we are living with, um, you know, with, with the pandemic and just being, you know, six feet apart in our mask. And a lot of us, you know, we're in isolation, we're in quarantine, church was shut down. And so many things happened, you know, in this year that we didn't think was going to happen. I mean, no one thought that the pandemic was going to, that there was going to be a, a pandemic. You know, no one thought that we were going to be in quarantine, that we we're going to be wearing masks like this was our, our normal. You know, no one thought that you were going to coordinate your mask with your outfit. Like, no one ever thought of that, you know. No one ever thought to be in their house with their family for such a long period of time. And you're like, man, now I know why I go to work. Now, now I know why I go to school, you know. So you were confronted by those things, just how, like, Sister Yvette was talking about. And one of the things that really... You know, God really has been speaking to me throughout this whole journey of mine. As, as I mentioned before, you know, coming here as well as on my way to, to church, uh, going back to how, going back a year ago, this time around, you know, I was in such a deep depression. Um, I was, I felt a lot of sadness, loneliness. Um, I had a lot of stuff from my past that I was carrying. I felt um, I felt unworthy. I felt ashamed. I didn't feel like I had a purpose. I didn't feel like, honestly, like I should even be here on the earth. And obviously those are all lies of the enemy. But, you know, what I've learned in this, in this, in this, in this year is to be guided by the shepherd, to be guided by our shepherd, to learn to listen to him, learn to know where he wants you to go, where he wants you to stay, what he wants you to say. Because sometimes we say to say things and God's like, you shouldn't have said that. Or you shouldn't have done that. And I think in this, in this moment, in this very long season, I feel like it's been that 
I've learned to, 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 to ask God, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Because right now it's just you and me. And I know a lot of you can relate to that. It's just you and me, God. No more church, no more serving. My job, I didn't work for a while, and it was just me and God. And, and I was just like, God, what do you want me to do? And, and, I, and that's what God's been teaching me. So I really felt in my heart to, to share with you um, of God being a shepherding God. Amen? So if you are in John 10, we're going to read. It's going to be a little bit of a, I'm going to probably most read the whole thing, but 1 through 18. If you're there, say amen. Amen. So it says, very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does, not, who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is a shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, out all his own he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. It says, therefore Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes to only steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Again, he reminds us, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and, they, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Amen. So a little backstory before that. Uh, Jesus had healed a blind man from birth. And he was basically calling out the Pharisees because at the time Pharisees was like, who, who, how did this happen? How, they wanted to know how, how. They even called his parents. And I remember like reading back to the story, the blind man, he was so bold because he was like, because he, he told them, Jesus healed me. Like I was healed. And then they called his parents and like, you know, he was, he was, has he been blind since birth? Yes, he has. How was he healed? And they were even scared to say who it was. They were scared to say who healed him. And so they asked the blind man again. And he's like, didn't I tell you? Like, I told you already, Jesus healed me. And the Pharisees did not understand that. And at that time, Jesus wanted to confront them because they want, he wanted to show them what the difference of, of them leading God's people and Jesus leading the people of God. 
And he wanted to show that as the Pharisees, they had self-righteousness. You know, they thought they were better than, they were better than you. They, you know, Jesus wanted to show them that he was the shepherd. That he, that this was the right way of leading his people, not the way the Pharisees were doing. So, more than ever, I think now in this time, we have to learn to be guided by him. And many times in our lives, we are, we are guided by other people. We are guided by our situations, by our circumstances, by our pain, maybe by our past. You know, sometimes you hear like, you know, um, like your past determines who you are. It does absolutely, but I believe that it does determine who you are, but for the good. Not for the past, not, not for what happened, because there's some people, and even myself, where we kind of make excuses with what we've gone through, right? We're like, oh, but that's just the way I am because I, I went through this. Or, no, I'm the way I am, so you can't change me, you know? And I was, you know, I was one of those people, and I'm pretty sure some of you can relate. You don't have to raise your hand because no one's judging. But, you know, we, we, we sometimes take our past upon us, and, and we are the way that we are. You know, we can't love because we weren't shown love. But when the moment that we find God, he is love. And the moment we find God, we receive his love, right? So if we receive love, we have to learn to give love. So therefore, we can't make that excuse that, oh, I wasn't loved when I was a child or I was abandoned. But God is like, I'm your father and I love you. So that same love that you received, you can give back. And I think my mic, oh, still there. Can you hear me? Yeah? Okay. I just felt like it just went off. It went low, right? Okay. Don't worry. John, John's going to fix it. He, he got this. So as I was mentioning, um, in these uncertain times, these isolated times, these painful times, discouraging times as well, we have, we have to learn to be led by Jesus. We have to learn to hear his voice. In the middle of the doubt, the fear, the worry, the frustration, the pain, the loss, you know, as I mentioned, I really had to ask him, I had to sit down with him and just say, God, what do you want from me? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I, everything is on pause. Wow. Thank you, John. Everything is on pause. My life is on pause. My job is on pause. Church is on pause. What do I do? What do I do in, in the middle of this isolation? What am I doing with, with this loneliness that I feel that I didn't even realize that I had? Because I was so busy. I was so busy with church, with school, with work, that I didn't have the time to really sit down with myself and, and ask. And God is like, there's some things that we need to talk about. There's some things that we, we need to, we, you need to let go. And I was there, and I remember sitting in my house and just in my room, and just I remember, like, I was just always in the presence of God and just crying out, God, God, I need you. God, I want you. And I was like, you know, this is a perfect time because no distractions. I'm just there in your presence. But there was moments where I was there crying, and then there was moments, like, I was frustrated. It was like an up and down thing for me because it's like, God, I love you. I love you. And then something would happen. It's like, God, what happened? What's happening? My job hasn't called me. I haven't worked in a month. How am I going to pay my bills? But God, I still love you. I love you. And then again, my job, I'll reach out. No, not yet. I'm like, my bills are piling up. Things are happening. I'm, my, my loneliness is getting more and more and more deeper and deeper. I'm confronted with my attitude, with, with things, you know, like I'm more with my family. And I have to do things. And so in that moment, I had to really sit down with God and ask him, God, what do you want from me? What, 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 do you, what do you want me to do? 
And I remember him telling me, he's like, I just want your attention. He says, I want your gaze. I want your heart. I want all of you. You see, I sometimes think about why does Jesus refer to us as sheep? Like, they're not even cute, you know? Like, they're just, they're fluffy. I mean, they're, they're fluffy, but I'm just like, I don't know. For me, like, when I think about sheep, I don't think, like, they're very smart, you know? <laughs> like, they're not. They're not, right? So it's like, oh, God. <laughs> but I don't think it's because God doesn't think we're smart. I just think God knows that we need him. And the moment we stop thinking that we need God, we begin to wander off. And the sheep, has, they have a natural tendency to easily get scared and get lost if no one is guiding them. So when the sheep go astray, they, they actually are endangered, you know, of getting killed or jumping off, a, like going off a cliff or drowning. So they need someone to be guiding them. And exactly. And I was like, man, that, that does sound like us. I was like, God, now I understand why you call us your sheep. Because the sheep need someone to guide them. And us as people, we need guidance. And even in the natural, you know, as parents, you're responsible to guide your children, to instruct your children. If you're a teacher, you're instructing, you're teaching kids a pastor, a leader, we're all, we, we all need to be guided. And so Jesus was saying, I am the shepherd and you are my sheep. I want to guide you. I want to guide you the right way. Because for too long, the people of Israel were being guided, but at the same time, they were lost again. They were guided and they were hearing the voice of God and, you know, someone was leading them out. But then again, they were wandering off wandering off they would see the people of the, the children of Israel would see you know God moving when they were in the wilderness but yet they wandered off they worship other gods they set up idols and sometimes we do the same thing sometimes we begin to wander off the moment we stop listening to God and we begin to to worship other things our relationship our jobs our success and there's nothing wrong with that. God wants us to be successful. God wants us to prosper. God wants us to, to, to live a life that is rich and full. He doesn't want us to be poor. But he wants us to be rich and prosperous in him, in every area of your life. So I am not condemning people that are successful. That is good because we need people in the world to show what it is to be successful in God. To see that not only the world is successful, but, the, but us who are in the world, who are of God, but are living in the world, are successful people, are blessed people, and be able to bless others in your workplace. Maybe you're not, you know, rich, but you're rich in love. You're rich in mercy and grace and compassion. Sometimes it's more than just money, but it's what you're in, what's inside of you. What's inside of you is what's important because all of that is just momentarily. But what, what's inside of us, his spirit is eternal. So we are sheep. God calls us his sheep because we need him. How many know that we need God? We need God to guide us. So as I mentioned, us as humans, we have the tendency to do the same, to begin to wander off. When we stop listening to the voice of our shepherd, 
we let our circumstances, our, our, our sinful desires, our pain determine the voice that we choose to follow. And so my question to you is what voice are you listening to? What voice have you been listening to in this, in this long season of your life? What has God been trying to speak to you? Where has God been trying to guide you? Are you letting the doubt, the fear, the unforgiveness, the disappointment, the anger, the resentment, the loss be the voice that leads you to wander away from your God, to wander away from your Father that loves you so much? What is the voice that you are listening to? Are we listening to the lies of the enemy, of what is happening around us, the news? Or are we listening to him, to his word? Are we getting into his word and reading the truth that he is speaking over our lives? And that is something that I had to learn in this time. Because at, one, at, at that time, church, you know, we weren't opening. And we were beginning to do the online services. But it, honestly, it's not the same. It really is not the same. I, I receive so much, but it's just something about coming to church and just being with your brother and sister and like it's just that connection you know what i'm saying like it's the we we all carry his spirit so imagine all of us carrying his spirit coming together worshiping and praising him is amazing it is amazing but also you know you can feel him at your home but it's just something about being together and that's why god created the church for us to be together amen so my question to you is what voice are you listening to in this season of your life who is guiding you? Is it the shepherd or is it the lies of the enemy? If you turn to Hebrews 2.1, Hebrews 2.1, and it tells us to be careful, to be careful of what we're listening to. Be careful what you are listening to. Be careful what you are guiding. Who is guiding you? In Hebrews 2.1, if you're there, say Amen. So it says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. I'm going to read that again. It says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. So what, what have you heard? What has God spoken into your life? What has he said over and over and over again to you to affirm you, to love you? Don't forget what you have heard God is telling you in this moment in your life. And that is something that he kept telling me. Don't forget what I've, what I, what I've spoken over your life. Don't forget that you have a purpose. Don't forget that I have called you. Don't forget that you are chosen. Don't forget that I have healed you. Don't forget that I have restored you. Don't forget and don't drift away. It says in John 10, 4 through 5, it says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So we also have to recognize if it's the stranger's voice. Throughout my life, I was recognizing more the stranger's voice than the voice of my father. I was recognizing more the voice of depression than the voice of love. 
I was recognizing more the voice of pain and loneliness than the voice of embrace, of loving kindness, of my shelter, of my refuge, of my solid rock. I was listening to the voices of my past and listening to what God is saying about my present and my future. And a lot of us have to begin to listen to the voice, listen to the things that God has said over your life. And I love it that when we're in the middle of our circumstances and our situations, it sometimes seems so, so impossible to get out of it. Because I feel, and I know a lot of us feel this, that this has gone for too long. That we're like, when is this going to end? When am I going to just be able to just be with my family and travel without wearing a mask or being scared? Being fearful of stepping out of my house and, and being scared to, you know, to, to, you know, get the virus or, you know, something happened to me. It's the fear that's been instilled in us that have kind of like, and it's not to judge or anything, but it's kind of like paralyzed us to do the things that God has called us to do. Because God is calling us to do a new thing. He's calling us. He doesn't want to be the same God that we've seen him. He, he is a God that changes. He is a God that is, he is different. We can never figure God out. And he wants to show himself in a new way to us, I believe. And in this whole pandemic, he wants to show, he wants to reveal himself to you in a different way. And it feels like it's been for too long that you've been going through this. But I love it that it says that he goes ahead of them. Meaning God is already in your future. He's ahead of your trial, of your situation, of your circumstances because he knows the outcome. So God is guiding you, but he's not just guiding you like, okay, we're just going to go through it. No, he's guiding you because he knows where he's taking you. He's not just guiding you just to get through that, that, that storm. He's not guiding you just to get you through that darkest valley, but he's guiding you because you know what? I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you. I am getting you to the other side. Because my plans are greater. My thoughts are higher. And we have to begin to understand that when God is leading us, yes, it may be painful. Yes, it may hurt. Yes, it may be confusing at times. It's like, God, what are you doing? But God is saying, trust the shepherd. Trust me. Learn to hear my voice. Learn to hear me. In the middle of what is going on around you, in the middle of what the news is saying, learn to hear my voice. We have to know that God already has the victory. Jesus has the victory. So wherever he is leading us is because it's to victory. It is because he already conquered it. We know that we are more than conquerors. We know that the battle all is already won. And whatever we're going through, the battle is already won. It is not a maybe. It is not a hopefully. No. Jesus said it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It is a promise that he has spoken. Amen. So for you don't think that I'm making this up, we're going to go to Romans 8. And we're going to read from verses 37 through 39. Because we have to understand that God, when I'm going through this, 
God, I know that you already conquered, so I'm not going to let the storms, I'm not going to let my pain, I'm not going to let my frustrations or my confusion or whatever it is that I'm feeling get in the way of what you want to do in my life. I'm not going to let the people that come to my life who maybe want to kind of distract me or the distractions, I'm not going to let the distractions get in the way. I have to learn to listen to the shepherd. I have to learn to quiet the voices down and listen to the voice of my God. So in Romans 8, 37 through 39, it says, Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor debt, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That means nothing, nothing can separate us. Nothing can separate us from God. Nothing that happens to us can separate us. Because nothing that happens to us doesn't mean that God is not aware of it. He knows. And all we have to do is trust him. I've learned in this walk that I'm not here to question God, but I'm here to trust him. That I don't know why things happen. But God, I trust you more than anything, and I know that you have a purpose and a plan. And in this, in this season, God has a purpose and a plan for us. He has a plan for you. He wants to prosper you. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. He has promised to be with us. He has promised to guide us, that he will not leave us, that he will not forsake us, that he will be our shepherd, our loving shepherd. That is how much he loves us, that he knows that we can wander off, but he is so close to us that he just leads us with his love. That sometimes we could be so clueless to what God is doing in our lives, and he is still there trying to guide us. He is still there trying to speak to us. And there comes a moment in your life where you're like, wait, God, you're talking. Like, God, you're speaking to me. But you know what? God is always there. It's a beautiful thing because he is always there trying to guide you. Like, no, don't go that way. No, don't do this. No, don't say this. No, wait. Wait on that plan that I have. Wait. Just wait. As people, as his children, we have to learn to be guided by him. Be guided by our Father. And to remind you that he has promised to be with you. In Isaiah 41, 10, it says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. He has promised to never leave us. That he will strengthen you in those moments that you feel weak. That he, will, that he will make a way where there seems no way. Because he is the path. He is the path. He makes the path. That is the God that we serve and love and we worship. That he has already made a path for us. For us to just walk in it. We don't even deserve it. We don't deserve it, but he already has a plan for us. 
How beautiful is that? How mindful is God of us? That he already has a plan for us. Even before we were born, even before we were created, he already knew what you were going to do on this earth. Even before you decided to to say, oh, I'm going to pursue this, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to open my business, God already knew. He already designed it for you. That is the God that loves us. That is our shepherd. That is our Jesus. That is who we follow. So we must recognize his voice. And recognize the voice of the stranger when he tries to lead you astray. And in James 4, 7, it says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves. What does that mean to submit yourselves? Submit to his voice. Submit to his will. Submit to follow him. Submit to him even in those moments where you don't want to submit, where you're like, God, I don't want to do this, where he's telling you reach out to that person and apologize, where he's telling you give this to this person, forgive this person. That is what it is to submit because the moment we stop submitting to God, that's where the enemy comes in. And he takes a hold of our mind. He takes a hold of our hearts, of our lives. Because no longer are we being guided by him, but we're being guided by the enemy. We're being guided by his lies. So therefore, submit yourself and the enemy will flee. He will flee because he knows who you are walking with. He knows who you have put first in your life. He knows that who is with you is greater than the one who is out in the world he is greater he is greater church he is greater it says the thief he that he comes to steal kill and destroy for too long the enemy tried to steal my identity he tried to kill my purpose he tried to destroy everything that I had in my life to make me believe that God didn't love me that God wasn't with me, that if he loved me so much, why did I endure so many things in my life? That's what he comes, to steal the purpose, to steal the life that God has given you. That is his main goal. And it's scary to think that, right, that that someone is out there to, to, to harm us. But it's the truth. But you know what? He can't touch us because God is with us. He may try to shake you. He may try to maybe, you know, get into your mind. But the moment that you say, no, I know who is with me. I know that God is before me. And I know that he is my path and that he is leading me. That no matter in this situation, in this isolation that I feel, I know that God is speaking and that God is moving. So don't let him steal your joy, your peace. Don't let him steal your purpose. We have to learn to be guided by him. In John 10, 3, it says, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. He will lead you out. Some of us depend 
on our leaders to lead us out. On our mentors, our pastors to lead us out of where we are. But especially in these moments, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, where maybe our pastors weren't available because they are also going through the pandemic too. Or our leaders weren't available. Our best friend wasn't available to lead us out of that, what we were feeling. Yes, our pastors are to shepherd us, absolutely. But they are also humans, and I know that they would love to split themselves into a hundred people, but they can't. And it's not to say that they're not there for you, but it's to say that you have to depend on God, your shepherd. You have to depend on him. And in this season in our lives, more than ever, especially when the church shut down, especially when we couldn't serve in the, in, in our, the physical church, more than ever is where we had to learn to be guided by him, to learn to listen to him in those isolated moments, in those lonely moments. We had to learn to listen to the shepherd, to say, God, what do you want me to do in this moment? I am at home I am with my family. God, is there something you want me to do with my family? Is there something that I need to do with my family? Is there something that I need to mend? Is there things that have not been spoken for years that maybe this is the moment that you have chosen to speak about it? Or is it maybe in, in, in my personal life that I have to rearrange things, that I have to do things? In my spiritual life, God, was I too distracted and not, seek, not truly seeking your face? Was I not truly there when you were trying to speak to me? It was in these moments that we have to learn to understand that it is God leading us out. It is God taking us by the hand and showing us that there is hope, that there is healing, that there is a breakthrough. So how, how do we follow him? Easy. Lay your life down like Jesus did. And it hurts to lay your life down. It hurts because it's easy to say, oh, Jesus, I lay my life down for you. But when he tells you to lay this down, you're like, oh, Jesus, no, never mind. I'll lay it down later. When he says lay it down, he means everything down. Nothing is left behind. Because Jesus didn't leave anything behind on the cross. He gave his life. He poured out his life for us. And the same thing we need to do to follow him, we need to lay our lives down for him. We need to lay our lives down and tell him, Father, I lay myself, I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender my dreams. I surrender whatever it is that I have in my mind, God. I surrender it to you for you to lead me. For you to guide me. For you to show me what it is that you want to do in my life. You see, God had already had spoken to me for, some, for, for this time in my life. And I didn't understand it until, it until it happened. And sometimes God speaks to you and you're like, oh, okay. And then sometimes God speaks to you, but it's not for that moment. It's for later. For you to remember what he has spoken over you. And I remember that before this year started, I was praying in my room and I was just there in his presence. And I remember I, I had a vision, I've shared with some of you, that I had a vision and, and I was in the wilderness. 
And it was so dark. And I remember that I was just pushing, pushing, trying to get, trying to find a way out of this wilderness. And I remember in my mind, I'm like, I have nothing with me. How am I in this wilderness? And I have nothing with me. And I remember when I said that, I heard God tell me, look, look at your hand. And when I looked at my hand, I had a compass. And he told me, look up. And when I looked up, it was the stars. And I was like, okay, what's happening? And what he told me was, what you're stepping into, you need to learn to be guided by me. You're not going to take anything with you. The compass represents my Holy Spirit that will teach you. As you are listening to my voice, Holy Spirit is going to tell you, you're going the right way. No, you're going this way. No, you got to go this way. No, you got to go south. No, you got to go north. And the stars represent my promises for you. So when you think that you're lost or you think that maybe this wilderness is not going to end, remember to look up at my promises. So some of you, I know that this is for you. Some of you have to begin to look up. Begin to look up. Begin to remember the promises that God has for you, that he has spoken over you. I had to understand at that moment, I was like, yes, God, but I, I am. I, I am being guided by you. I am, you know, I'm listening to you. And then this happened. And then he reminded me of that vision. And I was like, this is the moment. This is the moment that I needed to remember. This is the moment that I need to remember when I was feeling lonely that God is with me. This is the moment where I had to remember that I didn't feel like I was called to do the things that he has called me to do. I had to remember that he said, I called you, I, ch I have chosen you. And it's the same thing for all of you because I am no different than you. I, I am his creation just as you are his creation. And just as he has called me, he has called you. And he has made you for a purpose. And he has created you and he knows you, he formed you. So I had to learn to be guided, to take nothing with me. You see, in this season, we are, a lot of us are letting go of a lot of things. A lot of us have, re have realized things that we had to work in ourselves. I don't know about you, but I had to do a lot of purging in my life, physically and spiritually. And I believe it's because God intended it that way. Because where he's taking us, he doesn't want us to take the old things. He says, I am doing something new. Can you perceive it? Can you see it? So church, he is doing something new. He is doing something new. And he does not want you to take your past with you. He does not want you to take your pain with you and your loss with you. Yes, he is with you. But he doesn't want you to stay that way. He doesn't want you to stay that way. And I had to remember, I had to say to myself, it is okay to feel this way, but it's not okay to stay this way. Because God is there in your pain. And he doesn't, he doesn't look away from that. That is something that I've learned, that it is okay to process pain. It is okay to process discouragement. It is okay to feel the way that you feel because God created you that way. God created us with feelings to feel. But he didn't create for you to stay that way. For you to feel those things, to carry those things into what he wants to take you. Because his will is for us not to perish. It says in John 3.16, which is a very well-known verse, 
It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So from the beginning, God didn't want us to be lost. He didn't want us to be lost, and that's why he sent his son Jesus. Because he didn't want us to wander off anymore, worshiping false gods. Worshiping maybe the relationship that you're in. He didn't want that. He wanted you to find him. He wanted you to find him so that you wouldn't be lost anymore. Because the beautiful thing is that he will find you. He will meet you where you are. It's so beautiful to know that you don't have to be a certain way to be found by God. How many of you have came to God or knew about God or were saved by God because you were broken, because you needed him? Not because you came in because I was like, okay, I'm right now, so now I can come to church. I'm right now, so now I can praise him, I can serve him. No, a lot of us found him because we were lost. A lot of us were lost, and that is how we found him. Because that was his plan from the beginning. He will not leave you where you are and he will find you. It says in John 10, 16, he says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So he understood there are more that are lost. And he wasn't like, I'm not going to go after them. He's like, I'm going to go after them. God is going after you. God is pursuing you. He is constantly pursuing you. He is constantly searching for you. And I love, and this is one of the, one of the things that our youth is the, he leaves a 99 for the one. And that story always touches me because I think about me being that one. And I know a lot of you can, can say that for yourselves. That he left the 99 for the one that is you. So we're going to read that in Matthew 18. And it's verses 12 through 18. And when you're there, say amen. To see how much God loves us. To see, to show you, to prove to you that he will meet you where you are. When you're there, say amen. Matthew 18, 12 through 18, it says, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about the one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. It says that he is happy, that it brought him joy to search for you. When he finds you, he finds you with love. He finds you with comfort. That is how much he loves you. Pastor Tony Evans said this, God will meet you where you are in order to take you where he wants you to go. It says you are, you are not far gone. Jesus came for the lost so that you can follow him. It says in Luke 19.10, for the son of man came to seek 
and to save the lost. Jesus came to seek you. Jesus came to find you. Jesus came to give you life, eternal life. He came to save you from sin, from death itself. And he rose on the third day to give us life. To let you know that I did it so you can come to me. I made a way. So we have to learn. We have to tell him, Father, you made a way for me. So let me, guide, let me be guided by you. You made the way, Lord, so that I can be before you, God, so that I can listen to you, so that I can hear your voice, Father, in the middle of whatever it is that I'm going through, that I can hear you. What a privilege and what an honor it is to hear the voice of God because before it was people who were chosen that can hear the voice of God. But God is so wonderful and so beautiful that he says, you can hear my voice now. You can hear me now. You can be guided by me. That it doesn't have to be a prophet to rise up. It doesn't have to be a pastor, but it could be you. I am speaking to you. I am leading you. Because at the end of the day, it's you and God. It is not you and your pastor. It is not you and your husband. It is not you and your brother. It is not you and your leader. It is you and God. It is you and God. And he intended that way because he knows that men fail. And it's not to discredit the pastors or our leaders because God has placed them there. But it's for you to understand that they're going to fail you or they may offend you. But God doesn't. God doesn't fail you. And he wants to lead you. He wants to lead you in the purpose and the calling and the plan that he has for you. Because he loves you. And I will keep reminding myself that when I think that I am not called to do the things he has called me to do. Because I know that God loves me. And I know that God has chosen me. And it's not to be, you know, arrogant. But it's to have the confidence. Some of us don't have the confidence that God has called you. So I want to remind you that God has called you and he has chosen you. And he loves you. That he came to seek you this morning. He came to, to, to seek the one that is lost this morning. And to tell you that you are not far gone. That you are not so deep in your sin or deep in darkness that he can't reach out for you. Because his hand is not too short. He is powerful. And he is a God that leads you into him. That brings you into him. He is a close God. He is a near God. And some of us think that he is so far away from us. But if you just realize that the very breath that you are breathing is God. It is his very spirit that is breathing. It is the very, the very things that we see in front of us. The fact that we are alive is God. The fact that we are able to come before his presence is God. He is near to you. He is near to you. He is not far away. He is a relatable, intentional, near God. He is not far away from you. And he wants to shepherd you. He wants to take you. 
He wants to lead you. He wants to love on you. And I love it the way in Isaiah 40, 11, it says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads the nursing ooze, however how you say that. But it says that he carries them close to his heart. God carries you close to his heart. God carries you close to him. He is saying he is not far away. His loving kindness, his arms wrap around you and he brings you where you are from and he takes you close to his heart because he wants to make you whole. God wants to make us whole. God wants to make us whole. He wants to be, he wants to complete us, to be one in him, to be one with him, to not lack anything, to not lack anything, but to find everything in God. So he takes you close and he leads you. He wants to heal you. He wants to gently lead you and carry you in his loving arms. God is so gentle. God is so gentle that he doesn't just snatch you, but he grabs you. He lifts you. He lifts you with his loving arms. That is how much our God loves us. That is how much he cares for us. That he wants for you to find him and for when you find him to embrace him. So that he can take you along the path that he has called you to do. Because that is how much he loves you. And he is calling you this morning to listen to his voice. To learn to listen to the beautiful voice of Jesus. To listen to the beautiful voice of your shepherd that tells you where to go, what to say, what to do. He wants you to be led by him. Because he is such a gentleman. He is such a gentleman that he will not intrude. He will not force himself on you. But he will wait on you. He will wait on you and he is waiting he is waiting for you to listen. He is waiting because he wants to deliver you. He wants to heal you. He wants, he wants to make you new. He doesn't want you to be the same person. He doesn't want you to carry the same things that you've been carrying for years and years. He doesn't want you to keep wandering off. But he wants you to fix your eyes on him. And learn to listen to him. Learn to quiet down the voices of fear and doubt of loneliness. But to hear the voice of truth speaking to you this morning. He wants to speak to you this morning. He wants to lead you this morning. And I want to read this psalm. Which is Psalm 23. Verses 1 through 6, to see how beautiful our Lord and our God is and what he promised us to do when he leads us. What he promises to do 
when we let him be the one to take us. It says in Psalms 23, 1 through 6, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It says that he refreshes our soul. That he lays us down in green pastures. That he is with us in our darkest valleys. That is our shepherd. That is our shepherd. That he prepares a table before our enemies. He's preparing a table for you before your enemies. Before that depression, that doubt, that fear, that sickness. He is preparing a table this morning. And for some of you, he is telling you that he is leading you down. That he is refreshing your soul this morning. Some of you, he's saying he is walking with you through the darkest valley. Some of you, he's saying, I'm anointing your head. I'm ready to anoint you till your cup overflows. He is saying to you that he is your shepherd. He is your shepherd. He is your shepherd. He is your father. And he wants to lead you. He wants to lead you. But it's only if we are willing. It is only if we are ready to submit ourselves. To say, God, I lay everything at your feet, God. I lay everything at your feet, Jesus. And I want to just be at your feet. And I want to learn and I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your beautiful voice. Your voice leading me into your presence, into, your, into the purpose that you have called me, into, into freedom, into joy. I want to hear your voice. So this morning, some of you have maybe wandered off and you felt God can't find me here. God can't find me here. I don't think God wants to find me. I don't think God wants anything to do with me. I've done too much. Or even if it's someone watching online. But God God is here to tell you. I'm here to find you. I'm here to find you. And I have found you.
He has found you this morning. He has found you this morning. And he wants to remind you that you are not far gone. That you are not far gone from him. That maybe, yes, you thought to yourself, man, I should have been another level spiritually. Or man, God, I should have been doing this already. But God is saying, you're right where you are because I have found you. I have found you. I am with you. And I want to be the one that you look to, that you hear in the middle of the night when you are crying. I want to be the voice that speaks louder than what it is trying to fill your mind. When you're maybe arguing with your spouse, I want to be that voice that is louder than what you are trying to tell your spouse or your brother or your sister or your friend. I want to be that comfort and that pain that you feel. I want to be that voice when you are lost. I want to be your shepherd. I want to guide you. I want to lead you. And he is here this morning to remind you that he loves you and that he desires you. And that all you have to do is come to him. Come to him. Come to him. If you are lost or if you don't even know who Jesus is, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He came and died on the cross. He took our iniquities. He took our sin. He took everything, even the sins that we are committing now. He took them upon himself and he died on the cross. He was pierced, nailed for us because he loves us. He loves us. He did that for us, for us to come to him so that no longer we feel shame, no longer we feel condemnation. But he said on the cross that it was finished. It was finished. So that you can come to the shepherd. So that you can come to him. He made a way. He made a way. So if for someone here that this is maybe the first time you've heard about Jesus, or maybe you have heard about Jesus, or maybe you were in church and you, you stopped going to church, or maybe you were hurt by the church, or maybe you were just hurt, or whatever it is, that doesn't matter to God because he loves you. And he is calling you today. And he wants to be your father. He wants to be your healer. He wants to be your redeemer. He wants to save you. To save you from that life that you are living right now. He wants to save you from death. Because sin leads to death. And he wants to save you from that. So I don't know if there's someone here or watching online, 
But if it's you, just tell him, Jesus, I accept you. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I want you to come into my heart. I want you to come into my heart and dwell in me, God. Lord, I repent and I turn away, Father, for my sins, God. Forgive me, Lord. And I put you first in my heart and in my life. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And I understand that only you are the way, God. That only you are the way, Jesus, to eternity. So take everything, God, and make me new. And let me serve you and honor you. That, Lord, that not just with my lips, God, but with my heart, that I may be able to honor you, Lord, with everything that I am, God. Just tell him, Jesus, I accept you. Come and dwell. Come and dwell. Come and dwell. Come and dwell. I need you. I need you. And for those who are here, who you felt that you don't know what direction to go or, or where God is calling you. Or maybe you're saying, I can't hear the voice of God. God is speaking to you right now. And he is telling you to come. He is telling you to come. To come into his loving arms because he loves you. And he wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. So Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, because you are so good to us. You are so good to us. That, Lord, even though, God, we sometimes wander off, Lord. Sometimes we let our disappointment get the best of us, our discouraging moments. Let us wander off from the truth that is you, God. But we thank you, Lord, because we know that you are there. And we know, God, that you are speaking to us. And that you are calling us. That you want us close to you, Lord. We thank you, God, because you remind us, your Holy Spirit reminds us. That you are with us and that you guide us. So we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, because you guide us, you comfort us, you are our helper. So for those who are struggling to hear, just ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He is there to help you to help you, to lead you. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us in these moments, God. Help us in these moments. Help us in this season to understand, God, that what you have for us is greater than what we can imagine, God. That even through the pain, God, even through the loss, Lord, even through the the, the 
the uncertain times that we are living in God that we know that you are the way God that we know that you are the truth God that we know that you are life God that nothing that surrounds us Lord is just temporary but God you are eternal Lord that your voice guides us to eternity that your voice guides us Lord to healing that your voice guides us to deliverance to peace to joy to breakthrough in our lives God so we thank you shepherd we thank you our good shepherd that not only guides us but that laid his life down for us you are the perfect lamb the perfect lamb that was slain for us that you laid your life down and then you said to follow you so lord teach us to follow you teach us to follow you jesus teach us to follow you jesus teach us to know you teach us to hear you to feel you that is not just about speaking about you god but it's about knowing who you are god knowing that you surround us that you are with us lord so jesus we thank you we love you we love you just love on him right now just love on him just love on him and tell him jesus i love you i love you jesus i love you jesus i love you jesus because we know god without you we are nothing lord god without your voice without your presence god we are nothing we can't do anything without you we can't do anything without you god so help us put you first help us put you first in everything that we do lord and everything that we say god and every action lord let us be mindful of you god that we are not quick to speak god but lord that we may hear your voice so clear that we may hear your voice so clear god that when those moments that want to come and shake us that your voice is louder that your voice is deeper so god we thank you we thank you we thank you god because we know that you are leading us and that you go before us and that you have great things for us god because that is how much you love us so jesus we love you and we honor you god we love you and we honor you and we choose we choose to this morning to follow you and only you to follow your voice to follow your guidance to follow your holy spirit that nothing else will get in the way god no distractions but lord that we fix our eyes that we fix our gaze on you jesus we thank you, Lord, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.